2: No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio.
1: to... <laughs>
3: The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Sea Tam down by the seaside. Beckham Sea
4: Tam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run. Mick Wicked on the inside.
0: Mick Wicked to win the Jim Yord Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon, down by the seaside. Down by the seaside, and Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Now
4: looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity, and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac face. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the wire Fire your guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps
3: going, and Tune in to the official, official podcast of the sport of harness racing post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's
0: bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bosich. Outside Heaven Rocks with the clocks running out, filibuster Hanover
1: wins the Commodore Ferry. Going,
5: and going, and going. And going.
3: Just seven days away. That's right, seven days away from the 2018 post time with Mike and Micah Warrens. And uh, I'll tell you what, we can't wait for it. A big show coming up next Thursday at 10.30. More on that in just a moment. But we've got a big show right here coming up today. Welcome, everybody, to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the United States Droughton Association. Mike Bozich flying solo for very good reason, because at noontime today, my good friend and co-host of the Post Time with Mike and Mike show, Mike Carter, will be announcing it. The winning Pacers, the divisional winnings for the uh, 2018 Dan Patch Award winners, uh, and that is uh, coming up on Facebook Live. So that's going to be at noon. That's an hour and a half from now, so we have plenty of time to spend together uh, before uh, Mike Carter makes that big announcement on Facebook Live. Uh, on the uh, Ushua Facebook page. But uh, we've got a great show on tap for you today. We're going to meet the nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award. And we've got them all right here. Jeff Lilly, Scott Betts, Heather Wilder, Verlin Yoder, Chris Daly from Go With The Money Is Stable, and Matt Zuccarello from Winner's Circle Racing. They're going to be joining us uh, throughout the course of the day. We're going to get to know the nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award presented by our good friends at Harris Hoosier Park. Uh, and But before that, uh, quite a serious issue uh, that we're going to be talking about. Brett Boyd's going to be joining us. Uh, Brett's been in the trenches in a long time in the state of Michigan, battling uh, the legislature, so to speak. No, I, should say, I shouldn't say battling, working with the legislature, so to speak, and trying to get a solution for Michigan Harness Racing, trying to get something uh, for Michigan Harness Racing that obviously over the past uh, 10, 15 years has fallen on hard times, and uh, they're at it again. There's a house bill, uh, I believe it's HB 4611, as uh, this would allow ADW, uh which is advanced deposit wagering for the racetracks in the state of Michigan. Now this obviously would be a a big thing for the, for the horsemen in Michigan. Here's the thing. Other uh, states have had ADWs for a long, long time. And obviously, you know, the state I work for Pennsylvania has expanded gaming, full blown casinos. A lot of states do some states don't. So Michigan has found a way to survive. It's been tough. It's been a treacherous road, but Despite being denied at pretty much every corner uh, by a very powerful casino interest in the state of Michigan, uh, Michigan harness racing in some form has been allowed to survive, hoping for something. So perhaps this could be a legislative win. And we're going to forego the uh, commercial breaks because I know Brett's busy uh, in Lansing. Let's bring Brett Boyd right now in on the program. Brett, how are you?
6: Hey, I'm great, buddy. Good
3: morning. Okay, so here we go again. It's uh, House Bill 4611. There was just an update on the Michigan Harness Horseman's Association Facebook page a few minutes ago, and uh, it just basically says uh, that the MHHA is continuing to advocate and support a clean version of HB 4611. So, wait a minute, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, for those people that don't know, tell us what's going on. What is HB 4611, and and what's it going to do for the Michigan Horseman if we can get it passed?
6: Absolutely. Uh, We actually have two pieces of legislation that uh, could really be a step forward for us. And uh, I believe the votes are going to come maybe even while we're doing this uh, interview, Mike. So we're going to keep close tabs on that. Um, But House Bill 4611 uh, was a bill to authorize advanced deposit wagering. Um, You know, many states have had this, I think Ohio, for over 20 years. So it's uh, obviously working with some pretty dated technology. But it would open the door for um, some new revenue in the state, and obviously our, our horsemen We're not in any position to, to turn away revenue. Um, unfortunately, the bill, which looked like was uh, one of the only gaming bills the governor guaranteed signed, uh, kind of got railroaded by the casinos, and there's some language in there um, that uh, we just don't care for. Um, pretty restrictive language for us getting new tools going forward. So um, we've been working very diligently with the senators um, to try to get that out of there. Um, it is an uphill battle. You mentioned the casino interest. Uh, they they have been flexing their muscles the last couple of days. And uh, But we're optimistic uh, that we can get this uh, language out of there. And if we get a clean ADW bill, uh, it can certainly be a step up and provide some revenue moving forward. We're also very, very excited about House Bill 4926. Um, this is something I've been really passionate about and working on. Um, it would allow iGaming in Michigan uh, for the casinos, and it would give them the right to do online casinos, uh, online poker, and sports wagering, very similar to uh, New Jersey. And uh, we've been working with Senator Hanson, um, Senator Shirkey, and others to uh, get uh, – we were shooting for a 10% tax of the total tax, 10% going into the Ag Equine Fund. Um, right now where it stands, we have an amendment. Uh, for five percent, which uh, could be a nice boost in the arm for the industry, for sure.
3: Brett, where does does sports betting come into this at all?
6: Yes, absolutely. Um, the House Bill 4926 actually was introduced um, back in the spring, and it was supported by the House uh, with a huge margin, sixty-eight to forty, kind of surprisingly. And at the time, it it was basically a bill to authorize poker, online poker, but not limited to. That's like the famous the famous language of the world. Um and after further review, I actually had a chance to at the Hambletonian to talk with Johnny Hensley from Dover Downs and and just pick his brain and and he, he gave me a lot of insight on what was happening in New Jersey and uh when it came to iGaming. gaming. And I came back to Michigan, I started digging in. I'm like, man, this thing's gonna roll. And there was also language within uh, 4926 to allow for sports wagering. Now, there's been a Senate sub-bill since which allows for sports wagering, online casinos, and online poker um, to launch 90 days after approval. And our goal has been, hey, we know because of the Prop 1 issue, we can't get that gaming at our tracks. But if we can't get it at our tracks, can we get a piece of the revenue? And i uh, been working very strongly with uh, Senator Shirkey, who is a true friend of our industry. He's got a lot of horsemen in his district around the Jackson Hillsdale area. And uh, he's kind of strapped this one to his uh, shoulders with the help of a lot of other senators. And uh, we got a real chance to not only get ADW this morning, but get a 5% impact fee on uh, 4926, which would be on the iGaming. And, uh, you know, that breathes some fresh air into our industry. It'd give us a step forward, but it's so very difficult with the casino opposition in the state.
3: Visiting with Brett Boyd. Brett's uh, been uh, really humping it out there in uh, Lansing, you know, trying to assist uh, and get something passed legislatively that would help the Michigan Harness Horseman's. But, you know, you brought up uh, and probably our listener base, uh, which is, you know, primarily out here in the East Coast, probably isn't too familiar uh, when we talk about, um, you know, Proposition 1, and this is something that was passed all the way back, I believe, in 2004. And, uh, gosh, it basically, it, it was probably one of the worst pieces, one of the worst bills that was ever, I mean, favorable to the casinos, but one of the most confusing bills that was ever written. Uh, in in somehow, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, because this, my memory might have deceived me over the past, you know, 10, 15 years or so, but Prop 1, actually uh we had at the time the casino bill passed the house passed the senate waiting to go on governor granholm's desk she stalled it in a committee where it pretty much died in the meantime uh proposition one was formed and basically that went to a vote of the people and it was it was very not it wasn't badly written they knew exactly what they were doing when they wrote it (laughs) they Um, sure did but but it was very confusing uh and to make a long story short now if If Michigan wants uh, any kind of expanded gaming per se, they would have to go to a vote of the people. Is that right?
6: Absolutely. Um, You're 100% correct. Uh, We had uh, slots at the racetracks uh, basically uh, look like we we got the votes and it was on its way. Uh, The casinos reacted and, you know, asked the governor, hey, 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 wait, let's do a let's see what this ballot proposal does, which was actually created by them. Uh, which said there's no expansion of gaming in the state of Michigan without a statewide and local vote. Um, and, oh, by the way, the Detroit casinos and the tribal casinos are exempt from this, from uh, the Prop 1. They spent $20 million, um, you know, to ensure that it passed, um, and it basically ensured a monopoly. And, you know, it's it's been one of those things, a lot of folks, I look back at my presidency at, with the MHHA, and, you know, we probably really should have probably took a legal fight to that. Um, but it's another David versus Goliath. In, and yeah. in actually the last the last 14 years, it's just been a struggle. Um, thanks to our horsemen, you know, with some great connections, Senator Green, Senator Boer, Senator Pavlov, Noffs, Mikoff, uh, Hansen, Zorn, Shirky, Emmons, you name it. Um, we've created some good relationships, and for once, you know, we did get the ear of the legislature and we got a chance to get, uh, you know, a pretty formidable tax on this Highline I gaming, if it goes forward.
3: Brad, let's talk about uh, the future a little bit. Say, for example, we can get these couple of house bills to, uh, to pass. Um, what can that open the door to Michigan racing in the future? What, what do you think could be beyond that?
6: Well, I mean, obviously, uh, it's been an effort of, uh, Johnny Carlo and, uh, and his team to look for new tools um uh, in the meantime really what we're doing here with 4611 is to give them a tool which is kind of outdated um, but at least gives them a tool to drive additional revenue for the tracks also 4926 would drive additional revenue into the ag equine fund um, which would be very good to pay for our oversight through our judges pay for breeders awards, sire stakes those kind of things the um ag equine fund was created Back in 1995, Mike, and for the very first time in its history, in 2019, there is not enough revenue for sire stakes, purse supplements at a racetrack, uh, breeder's awards. Um, All those incentives that uh, the Ag Equine Fund was created for, there's not enough revenue now. With going down with Hazel Park closing last year, and going down to just Northville Downs, they're going to generate somewhere between 1.6. And 1.7 million. The problem is the Gaming Board gets the first two million. So anything we can do to infuse cash and revenue into the Ag Equine Fund is good for the business. Is it the answer moving forward? Absolutely not. We got to continue to work with the Carlo family. Um, And there's some things rumbling at Sports Creek. Uh, um, It looks like maybe they're going to get the thoroughbreds back in, in business. So. We gotta work with our tracks, we gotta work with our legislature and we gotta to continue to look for opportunities, but in the meantime, we're looking for ways to just you know keep going um I tell you i gotta I gotta pay tribute Mike to our Michigan horsemen. they are the most resolute and determined bunch of horsemen, and they fuel my fire every single day um I was racing down to Cleveland last night, and everywhere you look, it's faces for Michigan it's it's people that have invested their entire lifetime in this business. And that's what fuels my fire, is the people in our business in the state of Michigan. We're trying to do something to give them a leg up, to help their family, help their farms. And uh, I'm pretty passionate about our people in Michigan. And we just keep, we keep working. Uh, doesn't? Uh, hopefully we can get some good news today. And we'll just keep driving and, and, and try to find some answers.
3: Michigan Horsemen up. one thing about Michigan Horsemen boy they could take a punch there's no question about that they've been taking <laughs> a punch ever for 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 20 years now and they just continue to stand and fight and uh, one uh, question real quick before we let you go I know you're you're busy but uh, where where do the thoroughbreds fit in all this I mean I remember when the um, the uh, actual racing commission dissolved into the Michigan Gaming Control Board Rick Colm who was still there uh and and I've been in the room, battle, you know, kind of battling out with him, sitting next to Dan Atkins and Ken Marshall and yourself and Mike Carlo and and, and, and uh, you know Dan Rakitan and all, all them guys. Um, where do the where do the thoroughbreds fit in on this? Because I know Rick Comley really at that point in time when he first took over really wanted racing to be a united front. Wh- wh- where do the thoroughbreds fit in on this uh, this whole scenario? Well,
6: I mean um, they've they've uh, unfortunately it's been a, one of our biggest. We've been our, our own worst enemy right along here in, in the state, and uh, that's not just me telling me, but I heard it over and over this week in Lansing. Uh, but the thoroughbreds, you know, they can provide some revenue. Um, Am West has uh, has an agreement uh, to purchase Sports Creek. I don't believe the purchase has actually happened, but they have an agreement. Um, there's there's a lot of talk that there's been some um, infrastructure improvements already. Um, they are very, Am West is very, very, um, interested in this ADW bill because that's how they see they can drive some revenue in the state of Michigan by being one of our ADW providers. Um, it, but you know, it's, it's certainly going to be an uphill battle converting sports Creek, um, from a harness facility with those big bank turns to a, a flat racing surface. Um, but there seems Am West seems to be committed to get them back and going. And, uh, And, you know, it's better for the industry the more we can work together with the uh, legislature, continue to open eyes, um, and, and continue to have people invest in Michigan. It's hopefully the more clout we can get up in Lansing.
3: And I've lost uh, track since I've gone because obviously a lot's happened in five or six years. But um, I know there's some, uh, you know, there was some site-specific as far as who keeps the revenue. There's site-specific, breed-specific. What actually is the deal now? Can the harness horsemen make, make anything off of Sports Creek at all if they go?
6: Well, yes and no. Um, the, the, all the revenue is site-specific. But the, the magic thing for ADW, Mike, is there's a lot of wagering already going on in the state. And when this bill is passed, there'll be a 3.5% tax, that same simulcast tax that we had at Hazel Park and the other tracks. And that 3.5% tax goes to the Ag Equine Fund and is kind of equally shared amongst all the lines um, in our budget. So, um, you know, even though we could not in the harness industry get that revenue, um, ADW revenue in, in, in its whole, we can get a nice chunk out of the uh, tax, which will be a an instant benefit to the horsemen of the state uh, once it's legal and we can start collecting that tax.
3: Very good. Well, listen, Brett, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll let you get back to work. And uh, it's all about the relationships with the people that sit in the golden seats in Lansing. That's what it all is. And every, I, actually, that's pretty much uh, it for every state. I mean, the relationship that racing has with the politicians, that is the golden goose right now. That is of utmost importance. Brett, we appreciate it. Buddy. Hey, Best hey if, luck to hey, if I can have one more, today. one more
6: quick thing, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, I just put in a vote for the Verlin family for the small stable award. Um, you know, they had uh cat Ken American for me this year. Um, and he was just awesome. And, uh, I, I, w- I had a front row seat, um, on the, on the Verlin Yoder and the Yoder family, uh, uh, effort this year. It was unbelievable. Um, they just, that entire family, James and Verlin and his wife, I mean, they, and, and Jesse, they just worked their tails off and, uh, uh, I can think of anybody, nobody more deserving than those folks. Uh, they just do a, a great job, and 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 Larry, I was best of friends with Larry.
3: Mm-hmm. We
6: discussed a lot of horse politics over the years, and uh, uh, man, man, is he missed!
3: Yeah, no question. What a what a good guy he was. Brett, get back to work, my friend. Hopefully, we get some good news today.
6: All right, buddy. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, everybody.
3: All right, that was Brett Boyd, Merry Christmas to you and your family too and uh you know listen, I mean Michigan horsemen i mean have have they taken punch after punch after punch after punch after punch after punch throughout the years I mean, in two thousand and four, I mean Michigan should have had it, no question about it. Pass the house past the Senate, you know, and then the casinos flex their flex their muscles. they are just a very, very tough. Group out there that has a lot of legislative pull and rightfully so they they i mean maybe with the exception of the indian casinos the the three big casinos down in detroit do- do pay an awful lot of taxes so but um you know it's it's a constant uphill struggle i mean it's two thousand and eighteen, and they're trying to get an a d w bill passed it's unbelievable but hopefully they can get it done and we're certainly rooting for them on this program a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. we're going to meet the nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year award coming up Matt Zuccarello is going to be first up from Winner's Circle Racing we're going to talk to Matt a little bit about his operation but real quick before we get into our first commercial break I know we got a busy show today but I did want to bring this up a very interesting article on the front page of the USTA, one of our good friends, one of the most respected people in the industry, Ken Weingartner. Uh, you know, you see him at every big event, one of the best writers in the sport of harness racing easily. And uh, on the front page of the USTA website today, there's a, a, there's a headline. It says, The Thrill of a Lifetime for USTA's Ken Weingartner. And I'm reading the little teaser on the front page, so I click the read more, and unbelievable. What came next? I did not expect to read what came next. Ken Weingartner plays a role in a play at the McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey, and he plays in a Christmas Carol, which is Scrooge. Unbelievable! Yeah, I would never expect Ken Weingartner to, to to be doing that, but a great story. Get a chance. I won't go into it too much, but uh, get a chance to read it. It's on the front page of the USTA website. I mean, just a really, really good feel-good story and a good Christmas story as well. All right, let's get things going. Uh, our good friend Matt Zuccarello will be joining us up next. We'll take our first break of the day, and we'll come back with Matt and the other nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award presented by Harris Hoosier Park. We've got post time with Mike and Mike, and it's presented by Bet America and our good friends at the United States Strong Association.
2: At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way.
3: New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain.
7: Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more
3: at newvocations.org. Ah, uh, yeah. Make sure you check out our archives. If you miss this live, you can check out our archives at betamerica.com/barn along with uh, Jason Beam's Thoroughbred Show. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Once again, that's on betamerica.com. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and our good friends at the USTA. Right now, it's time to first meet the first. Of six nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year, one presented by Harris Hoosier Park, Matt Zuccarello from Winner's Circle Racing joins us. Matt, how are you, buddy?
4: Good morning. How are you?
3: Doing fantastic. Listen, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, we've had you on the show before. And since then, Winner's Circle Racing has only gotten bigger and uh, better. And I'll tell you what, you, along with uh, Charlie Longer doing a heck of a job there. Tell us about where the idea of Winter Circle Racing came from. Well,
4: when uh, I met Charlie a couple of years ago, and uh, one of our trainers, Barnes, uh, uh, ironically, and Dennis, which is Barnes, at yonkers and uh we just talked about it. it became close after a couple months and i told him what i did previously with a, with a thoroughbred partnership and i said i always wanted you know to do something in standard bread. that's been my passion since i was a little kid growing up literally 10 minutes from the old roosevelt raceway so um you know we have the same type of personality even though we don't agree on everything and we decided to move forward with this do it as more of a You know, started one horse with a couple friends and stuff like that, and it's turned into uh, a blossoming um, type of, i would not call it a hobby anymore. We're doing this in between our our real jobs, and it's just, it's grown into seven horses currently right now, and uh, it continues to get bigger.
3: It's turning into work. It started as a hobby, and now it's turning into work. That sounds like a podcast yeah. we started about three well, years ago.
4: Yeah. Um, exactly, but, but good work though. too. always, uh, you know, anything in the harness industry, um, and we can continue to support it. We uh, we love doing it, and we love just uh, trying to offer uh, investors and prospects a different type of angle without having to invest hundred uh, percent into a horse.
3: And that's big, and, that, and that's huge. I mean, giving uh, people a, an opportunity to afford you know a racehorse make it affordable for people because you know listen i mean you know everybody you know can't be uh the the prominent owners in the game we you know you see some of the money that's thrown about at these sales i mean come on nobody's got two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. or most people i should say don't have that kind of money to throw around at the horse but let's you know let's talk a little bit about you uh, and charlie a little bit both of you guys are graduates of the u.s trotting association driving school and this is something that i've you know, really want it to do, but I just keep putting it off and putting it off and, and probably it'll never get done. But what, what what are your thoughts coming out of that? And I know you're an amateur driver as well. Talk a little bit about that. You're driving.
4: Well, like I, said, I procrastinated for years and then finally took the plunge, uh, I'd say several years ago. Now it's been close to eight, eight or nine already. Um, went out to Ohio, took the class and then passed my, my written exams, including for my, my trainer's license. Um, just to you know, accomplish that in, in the industry, and um, talked to a couple of other amateurs like Joe Ferraldo, who put me in contact with Dennis, and it just went from there. Every that that entire summer, I was down there every weekend, one if not both days on the weekend, mucking stalls, learning you know the ins and outs of the you know the maintenance of horses, and then and just continued to love it and got passionate about it, and started jogging some horses, and then little by little. Um, got behind the gate got some qualifiers under my belt bought an inexpensive horse just to use primarily for qualifiers and it turned into several years later um, close to 400 drives uh, 13 wins and um, and uh, only a couple horses myself and um, just continued to to love the industry and get more excited every time we get new investors. And also when I get on the track every single time, it's like the first, the first time I ever got out there and I'm always very competitive to try to win every single time I'm, I'm on the track.
3: Visiting with Matt Zuccarello of Winter Circle Racing. Now, Matt, let's talk a little bit about uh, somebody that wants to take a plunge, somebody that wants to uh, participate in uh, Winter Circle sure. Racing, somebody that wants to own a horse, What what are some of the steps that somebody needs to do to get involved? Uh,
4: Simple steps, the two is to to check out our our website, actually, uh, WinterCircleRacing.net. We Charlie does a good job as uh, uh, the man, the face of the organization since uh, he's at the track uh, a lot more often than I am, since he's local and I'm in South Jersey now. Going there, um, going on there, talking, calling either one of us, uh, calling, texting, uh, setting up a informal meeting, um, get to come down to the barn, and experience that. And, you know, a lot of people we've been talking to the last year, just every day, you know, men and women uh, of all different ages and, uh, and backgrounds. And it's just, uh, you know, that that's where I would start with. And then we just try to be given as much information as possible without overwhelming them about costs uh, associated with, with owning all different types of fractional uh, percentages and, um, and then, yeah, we're, we're available almost like 24-7. We get calls or texts in early morning, late evening, and just try to be there, especially my, with our sales background, just trying to be there for people to uh, answer their needs. And they're really impressed and appreciative of responding to emails and phone calls um, pretty much, you know, within a, a short period of time.
3: And obviously you guys are active on social media. Um, Where could people go if they want to kind of follow along?
4: Um, They could go on. We have a Facebook page that they could check us out. We have over 750 people following us currently. Um, They could go on to Twitter. I let uh, Charlie handle Twitter and Instagram. And we actually have a, a page even on LinkedIn as well. So we're pretty much hitting all the major avenues of social media. And Charlie does a great job like that. And just on a side note, with Charlie Charlie's actually in jury duty today. Let's So he's he's doing his public duty as well. So uh, never never a dull moment for for him right now.
3: All right, good man. Well, listen, Matt, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you going forward. And uh, you know, real quick before we let you go, you, you've also dabbled in a little bit of race calling. I know you've called some qualifiers at Harris Philly, and uh, you get kind of dabbling in that a little bit. So you're you're a jack of all trades. You expanding your in your industry horizons.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'd love to be more involved in. Uh, I'll leave you on this though. What other of the nominees? And again, we appreciate. I forgot to thank you for. We appreciate the nom- nomination. If we win, we'd be ecstatic though too. Just to give more, um, well, give us more credit for what we're doing so far in the industry. But I'll leave you with this. With my, so in case I get to see you again soon to do some race calling. But I was mm-hmm. working on my, my Mike Mike Bosich uh, impersonation. So, um, we're, we're live with we're, we're Richard the natural buffet. They are rough and pacing. <laughs> my vo- my when my voice early in the morning, I I get that deep. I, I sometimes I get you spot on, other times I'm a little bit off. But I don't know if any one of your other nominees will be able to t- attempt a, a Mike Boza to uh impersonation, so that'll maybe help me get a couple more votes. a couple more votes for winner's circle.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, you either got a couple of more votes or there were a couple of votes taken away from you, either one but <laughs>
4: So <laughs> definitely Hey, if you're not if you're not dipping your foot, if you're not going uh, head first into into the pool, then too, then uh, you're not taking the uh, taking the chance. So I figured I'd take a chance.
3: You got it, my friend. Well, Matt, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, best of luck in the voting, and uh, best of luck with the uh, Winter Circle racing going on. I'm sure we'll keep in touch.
4: Great. Thank you very much. We appreciate
3: it. All right. That was Matt Zuccarello, part of the Matt Zuccarello Charlie Longo combination of Winner's Circle Racing. Once again, next week is the big day, live at 1030. It's the, uh, what is this, the fourth annual? Yeah, the fourth annual post-time with Mike and Mike Awards already. Wow that is that's unbelievable check us out you can still vote up until next wednesday at noon Vote to post time with mike and mike.com make sure you do that again don't put it off get your vote in post time with mike and mike.com you've got until wednesday at noon to do so and if you want to browse our past winners we've got a, a wall of fame section on our website so make sure you check that out too uh post time with mike and mike.com just see post time with mike and mike awards and uh the Wall of Fame section will be there as an option, so make sure you click that and check that out. Check out some of the past winners of the awards. Uh, gosh, fourth annual already. That's thats unbelievable. Still a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Heather Wilder will be joining us here in just a moment. Heather Wilder is from Altmaier Wilder racing stable and uh, we're going to get to learn a little bit more about them plus chris daly from go with the money is stables jeff Lilly will be joining us as well scott betts and uh, verlin yoder all left to come on this edition of post time with mike and mike presented by bet america heather wilder is next back Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, My MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com.
0: 8-2 extension 5
1: Post time, gates moving, they're off and it is on.
8: Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org.
3: we're back on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america mike bozich along with mike carter don't forget at noontime on the uh, ushua facebook page and actually you can go to the uh, usta main page too that'll get you there but uh, our good friend co-host of this very program mike carter will be announcing the divisional honors the winning pacers for the uh, 2018 dan patch awards and some of the uh, – or all of the uh, trotters were actually uh, named yesterday, and uh, I don't think there were really a whole lot of surprises. I mean, I think everybody kind of expected Woodside Charm, the two-year-old filly and the two-year-old cold, you know, Gympanzee, especially after his win in the Breeders' Crown. Uh, Six-Pack, the three-year-old cold division, that was a little bit tougher, but, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, Six-Pack. I know that was a pretty tough boat. Homicide Hunter. You know, fastest trotter now in the history of the game, Breeders' Crown winner. Ariana G., I don't think that was any surprise as well. Uh, You know, she was able to uh, get the honors uh, in the uh, Older Mares. But uh, don't forget, once again, that is noon time today uh, that you could check uh, Mike Carter out as he will be talking uh, Pacers. Once again, the leading vote getters yesterday. In the uh, As far as the Dan Patch Awards are concerned, two-year-old male trotter, Jim Panzee got 117 votes, got 90% of the vote. The uh, two-year-old female trotter, Woodside Charm, got 93.8% of the vote, 122 votes. Uh, winner of uh, seven races undefeated. I mean, just looked unbelievable in the Breeders' Crown. I mean, just drew away at will. Uh, that was, I'll tell you what unbelievable monster she is. I mean, she just, she looks like an older trotter out there. She is that good and that physically impressive. I can't wait to see her as a three-year-old, but there's another little three-year-old Philly trotter. I think that's going to be real good. Uh, two-year-old Philly trotter Princess who came up a little sick in the Breeders' Crown eliminations, but uh, really looks impressive as well. So I can't wait to see them two hook it up. In their three-year-old seasons, three-year-old male trotter. This is where it got a little iffy. Fifty-four percent of the vote goes to Six Pack, uh, seventy-one votes. A win in the uh, Kentucky wins in the Kentucky Futurity, Yonkers Trot, five hundred thousand dollars, and the Matron Stakes. Three-year-old female trotter, ninety-six percent, Atlanta. I mean, obviously, a female winning the Hamiltonian. You know, Kentucky Philly Futurity winner, over a million dollars, eight wins out of 14 starts. I'd like to see, let's see, 96.1% of the vote. That means that 3.9% of the people voted for somebody else. Older male trotter, homicide, 173% of the vote. I think that was no surprise there off the Breeders' Crown win. The uh, $200,000 Hill Memorial, $145,000 Alaraj win. I don't think there was any surprise there. Older female Trotter, Ariana G, 63.8% of the uh, vote. Wins in the Hamiltonian Maturity Graduate and the Dayton Derby. This is after a little bit of a slow beginning. But uh, congratulations to the divisional honors, uh, the divisional winners, And more divisional winners will be announced today. The Pacers at noon. Mike Carter, that's why he's not at the show today. That's why he's not at this show today, because he's getting ready for his noontime show. You know, Michael Carter's moving up in the world. But anyway, congratulations to all the divisional winners. And by the way, speaking of winners, speaking of champions, the namesake of the Iron Horse Award foiled again. Uh, His tour continues. He's only got two more races left. Uh, I believe two more races left, and coming up this Saturday at Mohawk, uh Mohawk, Mohawk he'll be heading up there. That's on Saturday, December 22nd, and uh, let me check this out because I think he's going to Western F- – yeah, he is. He's going to Western F- – well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Regardless, he is going to be wrapping up his career at the Meadows. On New Year's Eve, December thirty-first, and uh, I'll tell you what, there will be a a dry eye in the place. He was at Harris, Philadelphia, last Sunday, uh, not this Sunday, but the Sunday before last, and uh, had a chance to talk to Ron Burke. I couldn't believe how tall Ron Burke was, by the way. I mean, you know, I I, I, believe me, I've seen Ron around, but you know, when you are standing next to him, and you are you are a short little fat guy like I am, and he's a big tall guy. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you how tall Ron Burke is. They give me a wireless mic to work with at Harris Philly, okay? And it was actually cutting out a little bit when I was talking, but when I raised the mic to him, it was clear as a bell. And of course it's obvious because he's way up there and I just stretched my arm out there and I had a clear sight with the with the signal. With the uh you know, the thing that gives out the, the, the signal there. Yeah. So Ron Burke's a tall guy. Anyway. Um but uh there's not gonna be a dry on the place come uh New Year's Eve at the meadows really there isn't as uh truly harness racings champion, the richest horse ever in harness racing history foiled again wraps up a fourteen year old career, twelve years in racing that's that's remarkable and uh listen, if you're in the area i'm i i it's a long drive, I know I kind of want to go, but but uh, well, I actually do want to go, but you know that drives a little intimidating. But nonetheless, uh, if you're within range, you absolutely have to go. It's it's a harness racing fans. It's a must if you're a harness racing fan. Um, let's see, he's going. Foiled again will be at the Raceway at Western Fair District on Friday. So he's going to be visiting our good friend Sugar Doyle. And Greg Blanchard, he's going to lead a post parade and enjoy a meet and greet with fans, and then he will be racing at Mohawk, I believe, on Saturday. And and, and listen, Greg Blanchard and them guys at Western Fair, they do it right as well. Uh, They're going to have a giant happy retirement greeting card, and it's also going to be available for horse people to sign in the paddock. It'll be presented to the Connections that night. The Raceway will also be offering an exclusive getaway featuring commemorative foiled again hockey pucks. What a great idea! Who, who, whoever thought of that? Right on, right on. Limited edition of 150 of the pucks will be giving away trackside that night, Uh, and uh, yeah, he's set to retire following stops at Woodbine Mohawk Park on Saturday, December 22nd, and then of course the New Year's Eve at the Meadows and. So once again, if you're in range, if you're close to – somewhat close to London, if you're somewhat close to Woodbine Mohawk, if you're somewhat close to the Meadows coming up on December 31st, make sure that you check him out because he is you – know, like the old saying, you never know what you got until it's gone. Time's running out to watch the group foiled again in action. So once again, make sure you check it out. We're going to take a time out. our show is going to roll on as we continue to meet the nominees for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer's Small Stable of the Year presented by Hoosier Park. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: New Vocations
3: Racehorse
7: Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program celebrating 25 years and over 6000 horses placed.
3: Learn more at newvocations.org. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact
0: Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once
3: again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Speaking of Mr. Bill G., and we hope to hear from Heather Wilder before the show is over, but speaking of Mr. Bill G., one of the um, stables that are up for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award presented uh, by Hoosier Park, Harris Hoosier Park, is Altmaier Wilder Racing, and they took in Mr. Bill G., uh, the pacing for the cure uh mascot and representative in 2018 and since entering that stable they've got a couple of wins Mr. Bill G has been getting it done on the racetrack so uh congrats to Altmire Wilder Racing for uh taking in Mr. Bill G because Mr. Bill G is uh, starting to find his way on the racetrack so hats off to Mr. Bill G and Altmire Wilder Racing Stables and speaking of uh Altmaier, uh Wilder Racing Stables I believe this was Heather's uncle Terry Altmire passed away Uh, back on December 17th. So on behalf of uh, Terry Altmaier, very popular name in the sport of harness racing. Uh, So on behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, condolences out to uh, the uh, family and friends of Terry Altmaier. Up next, we've got Chris Daly. We're going to find out a little bit more about Go Where the Money is Stable, Plus, uh, Jeff Lilly is going to be joining us. Scott Betts, Merlin Yoder. Still a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. 30-second timeout. We'll be right back. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Uh, new to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner, Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second-richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, My MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner, Walter Gang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back. I'm first member Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich Flying Solo today. Mike Cardo will be announcing the Pacers uh, Division of Honors for the Dan Patch Awards that is coming up at noon. But uh, first things first, we continue along and we meet the as uh, we continue to meet the nominees for the two thousand eighteen Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award, presented by Harris Hoosier Park right now. We're joined by Chris Daly from Go Where the Money Is Stable. Chris, how are you, my friend?
9: I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
3: Doing great. Well, listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is obviously you're making your post time with Mike and Mike debut here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Go Where the Money is Stable.
9: Well, I, uh, I've i been following horse racing, harness racing since a little kid. My parents owned uh, horses back in the 80s and 90s, and I always wanted to to follow in their footsteps and own horses. But, you know, you, you get this impression that it's this, you know, unaffordable thing to do. And uh, back in 2014, a friend of mine, Mike Agulia, uh, got me involved in a thoroughbred syndicate river cart stable. About a year after that, um, I contacted Claude Huckabone III, who I went to high school with. My parents had horses with his father um, years ago and said, I want to get into this horse racing business. And uh, we raced 2015, and and, uh, Claude and I talked about this idea of getting a lot of people involved, and he introduced me to a couple of his owners, a couple of great guys, Dave Horton and Ken Daniels. And, uh, you know, we talked over the winter and said, what can we do to put put together a stable where we can involve as many people as possible? And, uh, you know, we started in uh, June of 2016 with uh, Go Where the Money is Stable.
3: Now, right now, you guys have uh, approximately 10 horses, uh, maybe give or take, and you've got uh, a lot of different partners now. How many partners are you up to now?
9: Uh, we're, we're in the 14 or 15 range. Um you know we bring people on all the time. I just recently brought Mike Agulia back from the thoroughbred world into the harness world, and I think he's having a good time with it. um you know my father and my sister are involved. I'm a school teacher. we've got a bunch of teachers involved we've got some bus drivers from the school involved, and uh you know it's it's a great time.
3: One of the things, and listen, we've had Anthony McDonald on this show quite a few times, uh, VIP stables, a lot of these, you know, stables that they get kind of these fractional ownership type things. And, you know, one of the reasons that, one of the biggest reasons, you know, besides the fact that you can own a horse that makes me very excited about, you know, the uh, kind of the advent. I mean, they've been around for a while, but they're kind of taking more of a center stage now. But one of the things that makes me excited about stables like this is it is a very good way to get new people involved in our industry. Um, and like you said, it's from a horse owning point of view and it's very, very affordable, but you know, we talk a lot about how we can get new people involved in the industry from the gambling aspect, but, but you know what, from an ownership aspect, I think it's also very important because, you know, face it, like I told Anthony a million times, you know, if you go back 20, 30, 40 years, the clubhouses used to be full of owners and their friends and the people that they would bring to the racetrack. And I think that's just a very important avenue to try to get new people involved. Do you see it that way?
9: Absolutely, 100%. And that was kind of our vision. Um, and, and that's what we're experiencing now, too. You know, we, we have a bunch of partners, but those partners bring out their families. They bring out their friends. We've got we've got people that come to the track to follow their horses, and they don't even own part of them. And um, if, if we win a race On a given night of Vernon Downs, there might be 30, 40 People in the winner's circle, so um, you, introduce, you introduce People to something that they're unfamiliar with I've had a lot of people tell me times that they come to their, come Out to the race, and like, wow, I didn't know this could be That fun, and I, I just kind of pitch it As imagine if you own part of that horse And, and people don't care, like When your horse is, is coming from behind and flying Through the stretch, they don't care if they own 1% Or 50%, you know, they're screaming Just as loud as everybody else, so you know, those people come to the track, they do wager, they do spend money, they may stay at the hotel at the track, so um, I think it's something that can grow exponentially, but that's, I think it's definitely a key to, to our industry, and, and getting younger younger people involved, I think, is huge as well.
3: Visiting with Chris Daly. Chris is from uh, Go With The Money Is Stable. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself personally. How did you kind of get involved in the sport of uh, harness racing? Uh,
9: just through my parents. My parents owned horses at Vernon Downs years ago, and you know, and I've just followed it and I've loved it And, you know, uh, like I said before I, I never thought I could get involved I didn't, I'm, I'm a school teacher and, you know You think, oh, this is so expensive to do And it, it really isn't and, and you get you yeah, got to yeah. get hooked up with the right people um, You know, Claude Huckup on the third He's a good friend of mine um, He runs a first class barn Him, his wife Casey, their sons Dylan and Seth Dylan's getting ready to to take over some driving um, Coming up next year And, uh, you know, it's just, just being around it
3: Chris, tell us about uh some of the horses that uh Go Where the Money is Stable has currently.
9: Um, we have our Nebel Light, Sea Harrier Private Performance, Rinky's Gale. We just added uh, Red Hot Romeo this past summer who's been a phenomenal addition for us. We've got a, an exciting two year old coming three next year, New York Blue Blood, who will be on the New York Sire Stakes circuit. And uh, you know, we we're always looking to add horses. Um but it's not something we take lightly. We want to look and see if they're going to fit our program and, and what we're looking to do. So,
3: Anybody that wants to get involved with uh, Go Where the Money is Stable, how can they go about doing so? Uh,
9: they can contact us through our Facebook page. It's just Go Where the Money is Stable on Facebook. Um, we have a Twitter account of the same name. Um, we also have a YouTube page that my 15-year-old son runs, uh, Shane. He does a great job with that, posting videos of our our races. He makes uh, promotional videos. He picks out all our merchandise and our gear that we have. So there's lots of ways to contact us.
3: Definitely. We need that connection with the younger people. Lord knows we certainly need that. Chris? Absolutely.
1: Hello? Uh, yeah, I'm
3: All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. That was Chris Stanley from Go Where the Money Is Stable. Once again, you can check them out on Facebook. Go Where the Money Is. Uh, and uh, once again check it out it's pretty cool go where the money is so make sure you check them out uh, and uh, you, can, hey, you can still vote post time with mike and mike.com that's where you want to vote and you most definitely want to do that before wednesday because wednesday is the deadline once again let's go where the money is stable lots left to come on this edition of post time with mike and mike presented by bet america jeff Lilly will be joining us plus scott of Merlin yoder and so much more you got post time with mike and mike presented Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot Winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Every dream has a start,
5: and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401Ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and digging deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
3: back on both time and Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich um, flying solo today. Mike Carter is uh, getting sent to announce the uh, divisional winners for the Pacers coming up at noon on the Ushua Facebook page. Make sure you check them out. Right now we're joined by Mr. Jeff Lilly from the Jeff Lilly Stables. Jeff, all the way up in uh, Prince Edward Island, I believe, right? Yes, sir. Now what time is it? I always get confused. It's is it's ten thirty. You guys are an hour behind Eastern Time Zone, right?
10: Yeah, it's yeah close to noon. I don't know. It's a a nice sunny day. Who cares what time it is? You got (laughs) work to do. That's
3: right. I hear you. Listen, it's as long as the giant. sun, as long like, as the sun shined, who cares? I'm I'm with you right there. But you know, we listen. I live on the east coast. We don't see a whole lot of the sun in the winter time. So you know, the sunny days that we get, we uh, we're very appreciative for it. But right now, it's it's gray and cold outside, like it always is this time of year. But Jeff Lilly nominated. Uh, one of the nominees for the uh, Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award, presented by Harris Hoosier Park. Tell us a little bit about Jeff Lilly. How'd you get started in the business?
10: I grew up near the Wavy Stable in Dartmouth, and uh, started working around the horses there, and, and, and went and worked in the now defunct Sackwell Downs, and the. And, uh, Kind of partied a little much at the racetrack when I was young, but uh, learned my trade there. And then unfortunately, Sackville Downs closed. So we went to, I went to Moncton for a year and worked at the uh, New Brunswick Downs, which is now done as well. And then to Truro. And I worked in Truro for a spell. Truro Raceway still going strong. And, and uh, then I had a brief stint with the runners. I worked the woodbine with the thoroughbreds for a year or two and and uh went up and worked for my idol Marcel barrio and then um, he i worked for him in 1990 i worked for duncan mctavish and blue bonnets and uh now that's another track gone so mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> it's you know there's a bunch of them that got stamped out but you know we're racing strong here in prince of Rhode island and uh I had a brief trip down the Meadowlands and got to see Yonkers and whatnot, and it doesn't matter where you go, you find a Maritimer, pretty near every track, you know, yeah. and, and, and and it's unreal how they're spread out, but, they, you know, and I choose to call Prince of Rhode Island home, and uh, no, I'm doing my own thing, rowing my own boat, and life is good.
3: You managed uh, a great-granddaughter of Cecily to become the maritime three-year- old Philly of the year, richest maritime bred ever for a single season with earnings over a hundred thousand dollars. That had to be uh, really special to you
10: sure sure is uh, uh my my co-owner and friend longtime friend Danny Purcell bought Cecily in uh, a foal beside it, and the foal beside it was the first baby I ever broke that was pet of Amanda. And uh, she she won a bunch of races and and uh, turned out to be a real nice three-year-old filly. And luckily, Danny Percival didn't sell that mare. I used her for a broodmare. Uh, won a race at Blue Bonds Weather. And give her a record up there. And uh, he used her as a broodmare. And her first one was Betta Melora, who turned out to be a phenomenal horse. She won the Nova Scotia Stake at two and again at three. But she got an injury when she was two, and won her first five stakes as a three-year-old. And I'm on the lead in the Maritime Breeders' Final, going for thirty thousand, and leg blew part. Brood broodmare. Well, but um. turns out, you know, that's it's a humbling sport, you know. So you got to ride the highs and and uh, suck up the lows, I guess. But uh, anyways, she turned out to be a good broodmare, and and. Uh, she has a couple of daughters. The second one is Bedham Jackie. And, and uh, you know, that filly's done it, put me on the map, you might say.
3: Yeah, no question about it. And uh, tell us about some of the horses that, that you've got racing currently on your roster.
10: Uh, I have, uh, well, I breed them all myself, but I, I have uh, just four racing right now. Uh, sorry, I have four horses, two racing right now. Like Jackie has moved on. As you know, there's not a lot of money here in the Maritimes, and after her three year old year was over, I sent her to Ontario. She's racing uh, Friday night at uh, Mohawk. Um, but I have uh, Charlotte Western, uh, Western Paradise mare from uh, uh, Henry Smallwood in, in uh, Nova Scotia, and uh, I have another sister, Bedham Jackie. Bedham Vicky is an older sister that got. Injured when she was two, but she had a foal which I'm going with. Uh, he's watching Colt, and uh, Vicky's uh, turned out, made the races. I, I got her to the races, and she turned out to be a useful enough racehorse. She races here in Charlottetown on uh, Boxing Day. So I'm just racing two right now, but um, I had another mare that I raced this year. Won a couple races with uh Woodmere finesse and Woodmere Finesse is also up in same trainer, uh, up in Racer Slamborough on Saturday, I believe. So um basically I'd break a few babies and, and kinda nurture them along and and uh wait on them and you know, so uh, when you're growing your own it's a long process, you know, I luckily I've got a f- few um irons in the fire but you know, basically uh, I kind of roll my own boat and grow them
3: all. Oh, that's good stuff. And, uh, you know, racing up in the Maritimes and I, I, we've had quite a few people from up there on our program, never a bad word to say about it. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the the money isn't great. I mean, compared to some of the other districts, but however, just, uh, uh, the bond up there that you make with other horsemen, the friendship that you make with other horsemen. And of course, old home week and one of harness racing's true jewels, the gold cup and saucer, of course, called by Vance Cameron every year. I, what do you, what do you say, you know, about racing up there in the Maritimes? What makes racing so special up there in your opinion?
10: Well, old home week is, is just the greatest 10 days that you can have. And, uh, ask anybody, ask, uh, Ron Burke or, or Alard or, or Ron Pierce was here. Uh, Wally Hennessy comes home every year. Uh Brent McGrath is here. Uh, uh Bruce Kennedy comes over like Wakazashi. I'm hoping Wakazashi will come this year for this race. Um, it's just anybody who's anybody in, in racing uh absolutely loves it. And uh Greg Blanchard's home, Sugar Doyle's home, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's home and we produce not just you know, uh good horses but good people and good times and and they all walk away saying wow what a time like you know it, i gotta go back to work to get a rest you know it, it's a uh, there's not a lot of money here but you know money ain't everything uh listen I, i'm blessed to be able to do what i you know I'm, I'm walking and talking and i can row my own boat and do my own thing i'm not that well educated you know i got a high school but uh there's a lot of uh, silly people in the race business all over the place. And if there was no racetrack, just think how long the, this uh, lineup would be at the welfare office. You know, I, I don't know how to do anything. else I wash dishes or flip burgers, you know, any, any idiot can do that. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to, you know, work every day with the horses. at a little small place out and put eight miles from the track and, you know, uh, uh, nothing turns on any better than every day turn your horses out and see them run around. And, and uh, you know, like I say, you, you you raise them right from birth, right to the, uh, you know, the Breeders' Crown, uh, Atlantic Breeders' Crown, that is. And, you know, there is a life outside of Prince Edward Island, that's for sure. And, and, and luckily, when I... Sent that horse up to Richard. You know, she, she beat ahead by Circle the Page in the Blizzard Series and won four or five in a row after that and brought her home for the summer. Uh, uh You know, won a, won, went on pretty good winning streak. And, and uh, the people and the camaraderie in the business with your competitors and your, you know, it's a competitive business. But uh, it's called living the dream. And, and uh, most any maritimer will tell you, that you know home is home and and uh you know we all like what we do right but you absolutely we we, we have to get a couple of uh uh new people uh, to come up and and I'd love to see Aaron Merriman come up here and drive. you know we race afternoon and night all week long and country days and you know and it all winds up to the gold Cup and saucer and foiled again he 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 raced in that race and oh, yeah. and I'm hoping Wakazashi races in it and you know it's just a just a great harness racing uh uh province in Prince of Rhode Island it's a small province, everything's close. Uh, your beaches, your 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 fishing, your um, and and you're they're making hay. You drive to Summerside is so nice. The smell of making round bales and agriculture is our number one industry over here. So, uh, you know, bale of hay is two dollars or three dollars depending on where you get it, and and straw is cheap, and you know, uh, us Maritimers can do anything with pretty near nothing.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, fantastic stuff, Jeff. We certainly appreciate you joining us on the program. Best of luck to you in the voting, and uh, best of luck to you moving forward, man. It was a real pleasure uh, meeting and talking with you.
10: Oh, I'm I'm honored. I'm I'm truly honored to be on the show, and and I'm in tough. Don't let any Maritimer ever. Uh, they don't mind being in tough. Uh, we'll find a way to get it done, and and that's just all I can tell you.
3: All right. Thank you, my uh, friend. Have a good one, Jeff.
10: Kindly for having me.
3: All right. That was uh, Jeff Lilly on the program, but uh, we'll have to go through that. We'll get some great quotes there from from uh, Jeff Lilly. We certainly appreciate him joining the program. Once again, you can vote at Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. Make sure that Uh, you do so by Wednesday at noon because that is the drop-dead time. And I'll tell you what, Mike Carter's handling it, and he is strict. If you get your vote into 12-1 on Wednesday, you might as well throw it in the trash can. We have got a real quick timeout. Heather Wilder is going to be joining us, plus Scott Bentz, Berlin Yoder, and so much more on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica, back in just a moment.
2: At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way.
3: back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the United States rotting Association. Mike Bozich Mike Carter getting set in about 16 minutes or so to announce the uh, divisional winners for the Pacers for the 2018 Dan Patch Award. So make sure you check that out on the Ushua Facebook page. It's also on the very front page of the uh, USTA. You can get th- uh, to it from there as well. Right now from Altmaier Wilder Racing, we're joined by Heather Wilder. And first, Heather, before we get into it, condolences on behalf of all of us here at post time with Mike and Mike on the passing of uh, Terry Altmaier, who I believe was your uncle, right?
8: Yes, he was. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
3: Yeah, no problem. Uh, Tough thing, and, you know, Terry's certainly going to be missed in the harness racing world. Heather, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself, Altmaier Wilder Racing, Uh, and this is something that uh, has come together over the past couple of years, and uh, obviously the name comes from uh, your maiden name and your husband, Mike Wilder. Uh, who is uh, the driver of The Stable. Tell us a little bit about where the idea of putting together something like this uh, came about.
8: Well, it just kind of came about. We decided to start doing some branding and and some social media efforts, things like that. Um, As far as The Stable goes, Mike has been very active uh, with Dad, um, for for a couple more years, even before you know all the all the big branding and Altmeyer Wilder um, came about, but it's something we just love. It's it's a family operation. The kids help. Um, you know, we try to keep it small because we love it and we want to be able to to touch every horse and and you know just give them all special attention. And it's it's been great.
7: You know, one of the most
3: interesting thing that has happened in the sport of harness racing ever since the advent of social media, and you've seen it more especially over the last couple of years, is ownership groups and stables branding themselves. And, you know, I always have people all the time ask me, well, what, what good does that do? I think that does a tremendous amount of good because it – you know, it it – is more appealing I think to people that are new to this industry to see wow it's you know listen you've got owners and you've got stables branding themselves it's it's a really really cool thing and i think a a big step forward that harness racing has made just had just over the past couple of years
8: yeah you know it just First started, you know, started out a couple years ago, and, and I started watching it. Alanya Racing and uh, Brian Brown was one of the first ones I noticed had a website um, ten years ago or so. And um, I'm on the computer a lot. I know a lot of people are either on their phones or you know computers at home, and I think it's a great way to get more people into the sport, but also to uh, to allow our owners and partners to be able to see how their horses progress. It gives them uh, a better opportunity to see day to day. What is happening with a horse that you own? Heather,
3: tell us uh, about some of the horses that you guys got going right now.
8: Oh, we've got, well, first I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, the big man, Mr. Bill G. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, he's the Pacing for the Cure ambassador, mm-hmm. and uh, he has just been a joy to work around. He looks more like a uh, warm blood or a turcaner. Um He's huge. He's over 17 hands, I would say. Um, but he is athletic, handles himself well on the racetrack, and is just coming into himself, um, and I look for good things for him. Um, also, uh, another um, good standout that's, that's coming along is uh, better speed. Um, we've had nothing but a win, and now three seconds with her. Um, she's fitting into the operation well, and um, we have a couple, uh, two coming threes. Um, just looking forward to, to all of those.
3: And Heather, you brought, you brought up Mr. Bill G, and of course, uh, like you said, the Pacing for the Cure ambassador, Mr. Bill G, was named after uh, Jeff Gessig's dad, of course, who passed away from multiple sclerosis. That really, And I know you're very active in, in Pacing for the Cure, and that, that had to be a thrill when uh, they brought the horse over to you guys, I know, on a personal level.
8: Oh, yeah, it was. And, you know, I had followed his social media journey uh, when Jody Stafford had him, and and they did a great job uh, getting him out in the media and and allowing him to to get a fan base. Um, But just to meet the horse, I have to tell you, he is just so regal, and he has such a sense of who he is. His personality is off the hook and he just, he's a gentleman and kind, um, but he also gets very proud of himself, and he's been racing well, and and he acts like he knows, so we're happy to have him in the stable.
3: Visiting with Heather Wilder. Now, Heather, we know that you're very active in social media, but you're also, as of late, have been very active in in broadcasting. You conducted the interviews for the Breeders' Crown, and uh, you've done a heck of a job back there. That certainly had to be a thrill for you to do.
8: Oh, yeah, those are those are thrills. And and I love talking to people about their horses. And, and, you know, just talking about the day to day. That's, that's all I do. When we go out to dinner, when we, you know, when I talk to my friends, it's we discuss things that are going on in the industry and and things like that. I'm all horses all the time. So to be able to talk to the people who have the best in the sport, just it, it really is a thrill.
3: Now, for anybody that wants to follow Altmire Wilder Racing, we just talked about how active you are on social media. Where, if uh, if there's somebody out there that don't follow it, where can we uh, where can we follow Altmire Wilder Racing?
8: Well, please do. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a website, altmirewilderracing.com. We have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, we do all that kind of stuff. We try to put out different content. And I think it really gives you an example of a day in the life and, and you can see how the horses progress and kind of get to know their personality. I would say that is the greatest thing that I love about being in the barn every day is we have some real goofballs and some lovebirds and, you know, just different personalities. We have a queen and she just, she she runs the show. So they all have different, uh, they all have different personalities and I think that, um in racing sometimes we just look at how they produce on the track which of course is the reason we all do it but i love to know the horses and the animals behind the the behind the scenes stories and you'll get that through altmeyer wilder racing
3: yeah, the personalities, no question about it. <laughs> Heather, listen, <laughs> exactly. we, uh, we, cer- we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck to you guys in the voting. You guys do a heck of a job. You do a, a heck of a job on a personal level promoting our business. And uh, best of luck to you moving forward, Heather. I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon.
8: Thanks so much, Mike.
3: All right, that was Heather Wilder from Altmeier Wilder Racing Stable. Still a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, and I know that I sound like a broken record, but please go vote. If you haven't done so yet, don't put it off any longer. Go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Click on Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. I've had some people say, well, where do you go vote? You've got to click on the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards tab off the main page, and that will get you right to – uh, the main page of the awards, and then you could vote, you could view the bios, you've got bios on the everybody there for our seven different categories uh we've got the the post time with mike and mike wall of fame if you want to kind of go down memory lane and look at some of the past winners of the different categories you can do that as well lots going on on the post time with mike and mike awards section of the page once again you can find it at post time with mike and mike.com time out to take When a we come back scott Betts plus verlin yoder and so much more on post time with mike and mike presented by Ben america <laughs>
2: At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way.
3: back on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america and the united states trotting association of early will be joining us towards the top of the hour but uh, first let's get to meet another nominee for the 2018 larry reinheimer's small stable of the year award presented by harris hoosier park and it's our good friend scott Bet. scott welcome to the program how are you good how are you Alright, now listen, I've I, I've got this message here and uh I was I was going over it. Tell tell us a little bit about what what you've messaged here. It's uh Jackie is out of uh Andreoli Hanover, one of my brothers and I's favorite horses from when we were kids at the Meadows. That's good stuff.
11: Yeah, that was uh, my brother Andy. It's uh, one of his favorite horses there that Ronnie Burke had. And uh he just uh just like a hard knocking upper conditioned pacer. And I guess he went to I think uh, Prince Edward Island to stand stud, and he had a few babies. and That was the best one. And I think uh, another nominee actually trained that uh, trained that horse this year.
3: Interesting, interesting stuff. Well, Scott, listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're making your post time with Mike, and Mike debut very first time we have had you on the program. Tell us about uh, tell us about yourself. How'd you get started in the sport of harness racing?
11: Well, my uh, father was a veterinarian at the Meadows, and he passed away when I was in high school. And uh, then I went to uh, went to college. My grandfather, he's always been, he raced at the Meadows since it opened. And uh, we were always kind of involved, but on the other side of the industry. And eventually went to college, got a degree, and uh, kind of fell right back into it. Claimed a couple for horses, started buying some babies, and wound up uh, where we are now.
3: And you guys, uh, just under a million dollars in career earnings, over uh, $100 career training victories uh, in 2018. It's been a little bit of a breakout year for you guys.
11: Yeah, um, I think uh, we finally got a good team, good group group of owners, and we've uh, made some good buys. And horses have just kind of uh, panned out for us, really, uh, especially Phoenix Warrior. Uh, he's the aged pacer of the year at the Meadows this year. He had a great year.
3: <clears throat> and that's what I was going to do. We were just going to start to get into your head of horses. Tell us about some of the, I know, Phoenix Warrior, but tell us maybe about some of the other horses that you guys got currently in your stable.
11: Uh, we got about 15 head or so, plus some broodmares and uh, babies, Um at all, well, Phoenix. He's kind of a standout for the stable and got a couple of homebreds that we raced around the fairs. And some of the owners, we bought another, another uh, open pacing mare named Cracklin' Rosie. She came here, won two in a row in the preferred uh, thousand for the year. And uh, just we buy and sell a lot of horses and uh, it's just we can just kind of keep turning them over. Keep the ones we like, ones that do well, and uh let other people have the ones that we don't get along with really.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that's the constant that's the rotation. That's the constant rotation. Uh you know, Scott, um 2018, we talked about the breakout year, just made uh, a little bit under $500,000 in career earnings, uh, and you do your racing primarily at the Meadows. The Meadows, uh, a five-eighths of a mile racetrack, a five-eighths of a mile racetrack out here in, in our neck of the woods in Pennsylvania, and Harris, Herons, Philadelphia, and the Downs in Mohegan Sun, Pocono. what is there anything about the Meadows that, that makes it a little bit of, uh, different than some other five-eighths miles, in, or not really?
11: Uh, I mean it's definitely different. It's a completely different style of racing compared to Pocono's and Chester, I think. Uh Pocono they they really don't stop. They get down to the half a lot faster than we do. And uh more I think here's a little bit more strategic than I always go. Like at Pocono. And uh I mean it's it's a little uh it's farther for a lot of the bigger uh stables to ship here and And race compared to like just stabling around Pocono and Chester. And I mean, they got to drive five hours to come out here to race. So you kind of don't have to race against some of the bigger barns that race out there. And uh, and it's nice because you're stabled on the grounds, there's no shipping, everything's there. It makes it uh, a nice place to race.
3: Yeah, no question about it, visiting with Scott Betts. Now, Scott, listen, we, we all know you deserve a lot of the credit for what makes your stable successful, and uh, but obviously we all know that, uh, you know, you can't do it all yourself. There obviously has to be a team that, that supports you, a good team that you have. Let's let's give some of them people props. Who are some of the people that help you out?
11: Uh, well, I have a couple of grooms that work for me, Ron and Rob Bush. They're uh, they're great. They'll come in in the morning and won't leave till five o'clock at night some days and they just work all day and they do a great job. Um, owners they are great, they are willing to do anything and uh always have a good opinion on on matters. And they also have good eyes picking out horses. And uh got a good uh just have a good all around team, good veterinarians, good blacksmith, good help. I mean that's what really makes the job easier when you have a good team surrounding you.
3: Yep, uh, no question about it. That is the key. Well, Scott, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you in the future, and uh, good luck in the voting.
11: Well, thank you.
3: All right, that was Scott. Ben, certainly appreciate him joining us. Vote now. Post time with Mike and Mike dot com. Log on to the uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike awards section of the website, and you can get your vote. in. you got to do so by Wednesday at noon. And Carter is strict when it comes up to that. Speaking of Carter, he's going to be on the air in a few minutes. We're going to go head to head with him. Because we've got Verlin Yoder coming up next on the program. We've got post time with Mike and Mike presented it by Bet America. Back in a moment.
0: Eight, two, extension five, 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 five.
3: are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community pacing for the cure could use your help we need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities Please email Janine at pacing for for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org.
0: Mike Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org.
3: We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. And right now we're joined by the sixth and last nominee for the 2018 Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year, presented by uh, Harris Hoosier Park. It's our good friend, Verlin Yoder, joining the program down in beautiful, sunny Florida while we're up here, you know, in the East Coast. And it's like it is every other day, Verlin. It's gray, it's cold. I had to scrape off frost off the windows today, but uh, you, ain't, you ain't dealing with none of that now, are you? No,
1: it was beautiful yesterday. We got some rain today, but that's all right. Gives me a day to catch up on shoeing.
3: Oh, there you go, there you go. So you're right down down in Florida. Obviously, you're you're uh, based out of Indiana, uh, but you have had such a tremendous year with a two-year-old Philly Trotter that I'm just I'm so excited about that. I just you know couldn't wait. Week in and week out to watch her race, and of course that's Woodside Charm. Tell us a little bit about her. Tell us, give us an update. How's she doing?
1: Um, she's doing fine. Um, she's been started back for about two weeks now. Um, I usually give them six weeks off. Um, she's growing like weed, so that's good. Um, yeah, and you just hope for the best, you know. Um, so far, she's been good.
3: Yeah, certainly. I mean, that uh, Breeders' Crown uh, That Breeders' Crown performance was uh, unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, I guess there were some questions because, you know, the, certainly the night was not desirable weather-wise. I mean, the track was pretty sloppy. But you know what? It looks like she handled it quite well.
1: No, she's always done whatever I asked her to. Um, there was like three or four times where I actually screwed up behind the gate, and she was just good enough to overcome it.
3: Yeah, so, and that's and
1: I, that's and, and I, that's I that's I, huge. Yeah, and I thought she was going to take that uh, far turn at Poconos. It's a little bit different to get through, um, but she was a champ. She stepped right through like she's supposed to.
3: No question about it. And, uh, you know, I I tell you what, after the race, I said she is for real. And I think everybody knew she was for real a couple races before that. But if they didn't, they certainly know now. But, you know, you bring up a good point. You say she's growing like a weed. We talk about the progression from horses from two to three and, and how different every one of them progress. But how important that is to obviously grow from two to three. What are some of the things that you look for when you know your horse is properly progressing from two to three?
1: Uh, when they shoot up like an inch or inch and a half, the six weeks they're turned out. When they shoot up do, during that time off, that usually means they're gonna be bigger and better. Is usually a good sign. When they do not grow, that kinda of means they are what they are.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I mean I'd be mean, between two and three that is obviously the probably the most important growth period, right? I mean way more important than between three and four in that, right?
1: No, actually it ain't. The hmm. toughest year is actually three to four.
2: Really?
1: Is the toughest, um, and it's all because of when they come back. The style of racing they have to do, um, because the horse don't quite grow until they're five. Um, but the three to four is the roughest years. But usually from two to three, they kind of they're still baby enough. They're still growing into. It. But then once you come back as four, everything changes because all the racing styles are different.
3: That, you know, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, you hear a lot of people, I think a lot of fans, uh, you know, that, uh, you you know, especially thoroughbreds actually more so than harness, but you see some horses, you know, retire at three where we wish, gosh, we you know, we, you know, would have loved to see them in their four and five year old season. But do you think, I mean, besides the breeding money, and obviously, we know that pays a big part of it, but, you know, the fact that it is tough to go from three to four and make that transition on a lot of horses, that probably has a lot to do with it.
1: It does. It does. And when you find one, it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you find one that does develop, like Natal Herbie, he developed very well from three to four. And when they do that, it's a lot of fun.
3: Visiting with Verlin Yoder. Now, Verlin, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in the sport of harness racing?
1: Oh, man. Um, I had a uh, factory job. I was a manufacturing manager, had 300 employees. And I got a couple horses, just something to do after work to get my mind off the people. And the first year, I made like 100000 and I said, man, this is easy. And it was just, I mean, older people taught me the way, Doug Reinheimer, Danny Shetler, Jay Cross, I mean, the list goes on. People that took me under the wings, you know, and taught me um, were always in the corner. If I needed advice or needed help, they were always willing to help Um But that was the first year, and I win the finals of the Cyrus Stakes with a two-year-old billy called L.W. Sweet Talker. And that was in 04, and I said, man, this is easy. About (laughs) two years later, I figured out it wasn't easy. You know, and every horseman goes through a very tough time. It's a lot of ups and downs, um, but it's a 24-7 job, so you got to stay in it and work at it, and it'll come through as long as you do the work.
3: Yeah, no question about that. Now, obviously, you've got a preference for trotters over pacers. Well, why is that?
1: Um, I started out with uh, trotters, and I've had some pacers here and there. Um, but the pacers are kind of uh, – they are what they are. They easy, Either they can go fast or they can't. Um, a trotter is still all about balancing. It's a balancing act between the front legs and the back legs. Um Sometimes you can get away with lighter shoes, or you can go barefooted. There's different things you can do to a trotter to pick them up. Uh, pacer, it doesn't work that good. Uh, most of the pacers nowadays are talented enough that they can go with four aluminums, or there's no, they're just automatics. And the trotters are still, you gotta hook them up right to get them going.
3: Pretty interesting stuff there, Verlin Yoder. Verlin, before we let you go, uh, give us a little bit of an update on which side, Charm, do we have her uh, her 2019 season kind of mapped out yet or not really?
1: Uh, Not exactly. I'm kind of shooting for – I want to make sure I'm ready for the breeders again is the main goal. So does that mean starting her in June? Does it mean starting her in May? I don't know. She'll tell me when I get down to February, March, she'll tell me where he's at, but I just want to, we're looking at probably 12 to 14 starts as a three-year-old kind of what we're looking at. Just trying to make sure they're all in the right spots and enough time in between.
3: And Verla, when you're dealing with a, with a championship horse like this, um, you know, what, what exactly are you looking for? What signs are you looking for um, that she tells you that she's ready to race?
1: Oh, they usually when we get when they train down and they're doing it the right way, and they get down to where where they were the previous year and they're ready to you know they they show you miles in fifty five or fifty four training then you're kinda know that they're ready and if they're doing it the right way, that's the key.
3: Good stuff. Well, listen, Verlin, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Congrats on uh, just uh, a great, great champion in Woodside Charm, and and I am counting down the days uh, till we get to see her at three. I'm so, so excited for it. Verlin, we appreciate you joining us, man. Best of luck in the voting. Thank you. Thanks. That was Verlin Yoder. Uh, I'll tell you what. I love when I conduct an interview and I learn something. Automatically assumed that the toughest transition for a horse was two to three. And, you know, I never thought about the great point that Furlan brings up, that the transition from three to four is a lot tougher because of a few different reasons. The racing style changes from three to four. And, you know, and a lot of times from three to four, you you're well, in all cases, you're not really protected by age when you enter a, a race like you are. Uh, as a two- and a three-year-old. So, yeah, good stuff by Verlon Yoder. That's why he trains champions, and, you know, I call the races. <laughs> That's why I'm not involved in <laughs> that kind of stuff. Let the experts do what they do, and you do what you do. But uh, certainly appreciate Verlon Yoder. Once again, go to our website, Mike dot com to vote. Go to the time with – hit the Time with Mike and Mike Awards tab and do so by Wednesday at noon. We're going to wrap this thing up. After this, on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, My MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Quick Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com.
0: 8 2 extension 5, 5 5
3: 5 Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us on this edition. All the uh, fans that listen to our program, Open Pacer of the Year. McWicked, what a surprise. McWicked, what a monster. What, just a complete monster. The awards uh, is going on right now. They're announcing the three-year-old and older, the Pacer Divisional Honors. I'm sorry, the Pacer Divisional Honors. Make sure you check Mike Carter on the United States Harness Writers Association page. That is going now. Special thanks to our guests for joining us, and we will see you next week, next Thursday. Mark it on your calendar. It's the 2018 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards coming up at 1030. Remember to vote at post time with mikeandmike.com on the awards section of our website. Good night, everybody.
2: Closing time You don't have to go home, but you can't stay
0: here I know